What you're about to hear on this episode wasn't something I necessarily planned on sharing, much less recording. Probably one of the most intimate things that I've shared. Um, And so as you join me on this episode of the Just Be podcast, um, I hope that it provides space for you to be able to breathe, to be able to feel, and be able to see you. Thank you for being a part of this journey with me. I hope you enjoy it. (sighs) Life is interesting sometimes, you know, in the sense that (laughs) you can go through such a kaleidoscope of experiences in simply like 60 seconds. <laughs> right now I'm sitting on my couch in my living room. Um, and you may or may not be able to hear this in my voice. But um, yeah, I've been crying actually for a bit on and off for the past couple hours. Um, which is, if you know me, <laughs> um, it's not often very common for me to cry um it's weird right because i feel like i can be very expressive and i can use a lot of language and words to describe emotions and feelings yet i don't think i always feel them if that makes sense um i don't know that kind of dawned on me a little bit more today in the sense that i i've always known this granted but simply that I have so many words to bring life to the feelings and emotions of so many people. And in that they find comfort and they don't feel alone. It's like their loneliness somehow disappeared because of the language that I was able to give them to describe what it is that they're feeling when they have no words no ability to express it outside, you know, of of themselves. And yet sometimes for me, I feel like I I struggle with knowing what it is that I'm feeling. It's like having the TV on, right? But putting it on mute. There's something going on, but we can't hear it. And I sometimes feel that way with myself. More more often than not, yet somehow less than it was years ago. (laughs) Um, if that makes sense, you know, I mean, we're, we're growing, right? We change, we evolve. And I definitely will say I'm far different than I was a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20, you know, um, years ago. And it's, it's a good thing, but you know, there's still parts that still need work. Um, and I feel like before navigating my emotions was kind of like a road trip. It's kind of this very long journey to kind of get there. Um, and now I feel like I'm at a place where it's kind of, you know, kind of like your your commute to work through the city, taking shortcuts. You know, you, you kind of have a faster, you know, route because you've discovered the ins and outs of, of that terrain. And it's easier to get there. It doesn't take so long. And if there's traffic on one area, you know how to kind of cut through and go somewhere else where there's less traffic. And so 
I would say that I definitely feel um, that I'm a lot more there, right, and navigating uh, my feelings and what I'm going through. And so, I don't know, I find myself a little confused. Um, past couple days have been really good days, you know. Um, got to spend time with family, with friends. Um, I even went out um, dancing, got some drinks with friends, which is something I don't do. And kind of in a phase in life where I would say I'm more solitary, just do a lot more quiet things. And outside of work, I just, I don't do a lot of out, nights out, you know, partying, socializing in that way. Um, not for any reason of, of being negative in regards to it. It's just, just not the season of my life where that's something I often do. And, you know, and then obviously the whole pandemic situation also makes that very different. Um, and so, yeah, and, and, and today my my sister who lives down in San Diego came up with her kiddos. And I love my nieces and nephews. Like, anyone will tell you that, like, my nieces and nephews are are my life. They're my babies. They're, they bring so much joy to me, you know, just their quirkiness, their weirdness, their awkwardness, their annoying (laughs) noises and repetitive sounds they make, but their smiles, their laughter, their curiosity, just watching them just grow and develop and bloom is just, oh, breathtaking and just so special. And um, I have a lot. I have a total of 16 nieces and nephews. I don't get to see all of them, um, sadly, but I definitely get to see some of them. And um, yeah, they, they were here today and, and the youngest one just just kept hugging me a lot. She's, she's three, soon to be four this, this year, at the end of the year. And um, she's my girl. Like, she knows it. We have this bond, this connection that since the day she was born, like, I had the just the honor that I helped, um, you know, deliver her. She, you know, I was there when, when she was when she was born and stuff. And so it's such a special bond that we share. And she just kept holding my hand and hugging me and wanted to sit close to me. And I haven't, you know, seen seen them in about a month or so. And so it was just so just life giving and just you know, and also her her brother and her sister. They were just they're great. Like it just was so loving. And see my sister, it was just it was perfect. You know. You know, and then yesterday, some friends were over, and we just spent time by the pool, and just laughed, and we talked. It was just a weekend of just a lot of love, you know? Um, so it was just good. It was just, it was so, just my heart just, just, just was overflowing, and it is overflowing with just this love and this gratitude for these experiences, but also these people in my life. Um, you know, being able to be loved by them, but also to love them, and and then somehow just today just I was like I'm feeling things you know I was like there's just there's feelings inside that need to get out and I don't know how to get them out and it's oh like how is it that we it could feel like there's just this this storm raging within ourselves like within me I feel like there's just a storm right like this chaos this whirlwind being on the outside everything looks calm and I don't know if that's a learned behavior you know and I guess granted it'd be probably better that I'm not a whirlwind on the outside just flailing things and throwing things around I mean so it's probably a positive thing um 
but I guess I don't, I don't know how to look like I need help. And I don't think I always know how to ask for it. I had a friend tell me this. Actually, more than one friend or acquaintance of people that I've encountered in my life. And they were like, you don't look like you need things. And so I think more often than not, people are going to forget to ask you. Because you're just always there for everyone else. And we can so easily forget that you're just like us. <laughs> you're human. You have needs. You have fears. You have pains. You have everything. And we forget that. And that was, I think, a bittersweet thing to hear. Because it was comforting to know that I can be a light and a support to others. But how in doing that, I can be forgotten. Not simply by them, but also by myself. You know, like me forgetting that I need or what I need and then being able to communicate that. And sure, there's probably a long list of reasons how I learned that and childhood stuff, you know, the usual you know, and thank God for therapy and different inner work that I've done that's helped get me, you know, I would say a long way. Oh, there's always a journey ahead. And and I don't know. So I'm kind of just, I kind of just journaled like crazy for the past. I don't even know how long. Just kind of just got all the, like, these thoughts and these words out. And tears came with it, even though I didn't know what the tears were related to, nor did I know what the words were bringing out. But simply, I just did it. Just an attempt to get out whatever's inside even if I don't know what that is and I don't know if there's a point <laughs> to what I'm saying right now I don't know if this is just simply me just feeling like I'm talking to someone and maybe who I'm talking to is me you know like maybe this is how I can talk to me talk to someone when there's no one here in the moment you know and I, and I think you know being alone is a gift right it can be lonely for sure at times especially times like this I will say I feel a little lonely um, and probably just because I'm crying and crying kind of makes me a little uncomfortable because I don't always like I said it's not something I do right so I'm not like great at it <laughs> nor do I think or know anyone that necessarily loves crying, but I know it's good, you know, I know it's, it's a release, it's, it's purposeful, it's necessary, and so I think I feel lonely because it's just not a, a space that I'm comfortable in, and I think if I'm honest, I would love someone to be here, right, someone to just sit with me, even in silence, or hold my hand, or I don't know, hug me, eat ice cream with me, something, then I'm also, I also don't have that, right? I don't have that right now. And, and I think maybe there's purpose to it. I don't know, right? I, this is obviously speculatory. I don't know if speculatory is a word, but we're going to use that word. <sighs> yeah, so sitting here with every feeling and emotion, I think, yet I don't have words to even describe or label what they are. I'm alone and I'm grateful for it because I know it's good to be with me, 
to learn to be that comfort that I need, right? Because we spend more time with ourselves than anyone ever will. We speak to ourselves more than anyone ever will. So, and you know, like we, we should learn to be alone in that sense that we can be our own confidant and our own pillar of strength. And not to say we don't need others because that would be false and ignorant and a lie. Um, but I think there's a balance to knowing how to be what it is that you need from others, like being that to yourself first. Because we can do it for other people, right? We show up for them, be there for them. But can we do that for us? Can we show up for ourselves when we're a hot mess, when we're crying, when we're confused, when we're lost? And can we do it without judgment? Can we do it with a kind posture, with eyes of grace, with arms that provide comfort and support and love? And maybe that's what I'm learning, right? In this moment. How do I embrace me when I feel like this? When I'm vulnerable, emotional, maybe even a little lost. When I have tears rolling down my face. How do I comfort me? How do I be there for me? You know, and also how do I reach out and call a friend and say, hey, can you listen for a little bit? Or can you just stay on the other line and not say a word, but just be there with me? And I guess I don't even know who or to call. <laughs> I mean, the time is kind of late, so most people I know are asleep, right? <laughs> And maybe that's my justification for being afraid to be rejected that if I tried calling someone, they they won't answer. And if they don't answer, it would feel too painful. You know, being feeling rejected, not intentionally, but just the act of getting a, a voicemail, you know, or an unanswered text. So maybe, maybe that's what is happening. I'm avoiding that. Maybe I simply just need to be with me. I don't know. But it's interesting, right? That term, as I was saying that, that term alone. It brings up so much for me, though. Like, a lot. Like, I like it and I hate it all at the same time. <laughs> I nature, I'm very much an introvert. And I, I get a lot of energy and I thrive a lot in solitude and aloneness and doing things alone. And not to say I'm not social, right? I'm, I'm very social, like... Be with people, talk to people, communicate with people. Most of my careers have always been, you know, very customer service oriented. So people, I like people or enjoy serving people, I should say. I can't say I like people because <laughs> people are weird. We're crazy. We're difficult. Uh, but so I like it, right? Like I like to be alone. I like to do things alone. Museums, movies, cafes, dinners. But I also don't always want to be alone, you know? And I think aloneness, or maybe maybe it's more loneliness, right, than aloneness. But I feel like 
I've known that longer in my life than I haven't. And I think, right, and it's gonna, you know, it just goes back to like, when did this first start? When did I first feel this? What caused it? What caused the loneliness? Truth is, it was pain. You know what's funny about pain? That it's often caused, or maybe even always caused by someone else. Yet, it isolates you. Weird, huh? An experience that is shared with someone else. You know, right? A painful experience, an action that, someone's, that someone does that causes you pain. You're both in that moment together. Yet their action isolates you. You become alone. You become lonely. And I would say that's uh, something that I remember pretty early in life. It was pretty consistent. And I'm an adult now, right? I'm no longer that three-year-old kid who is at his sister's funeral, shaking her in her, you know, in her casket, telling her to wake up. That it's not time to sleep. That everyone's here to see her, asking her to wake up. But she won't. And being really confused. Why everyone's crying. But they're all there for her. Isn't it a party? Shouldn't, shouldn't everyone be happy because we're here for you? But you're asleep. And you're cold. I just want you to wake up and you won't. And then learning that she's not asleep or, or that she is and she's not going to wake up. Right? To be in that space, to be in that moment with others, experiencing pain becoming isolated and then to feel alone then it continued right with uh, certain people thinking it was okay to take me to take who I was to take my innocence to say that it belonged to them and they could do whatever they liked with it. And then leave me <laughs> to feel bloodied and bruised on the side of the road. Invisible. In pain. Suffering. Yet, 
everyone just walked by. To have that happen more than once. Different times, different people. And to grow up and just keep it all a secret because mom and dad already been through too much sadness. I don't want to make them more sad. See, it's not that I need pity. It's not a poor me moment. What it is, is just this awareness that there's these foundational pieces of who we become or, or, or what we build off of, right, or build on top of. So we build on this unhealthy foundation, right? We build our house, this unhealthy foundation of our childhood, right? From the ages of zero to seven. And then as we start to explore the house that we have built, start to notice that things are off. The alignment of the property, the walls, things have to break. You know, the structure's kind of weak. Things keep shifting, changing. It doesn't seem right. Leaks happen. Pipes bust. Walls crack. Floor becomes uneven. So we keep doing all the internal repairs, right? Oh, let's put new paint there. Oh, let's fix that leak. Oh, let's patch that hole. Oh. And yet we miss. We miss that it isn't the house that we built that's the problem. It's the foundation that we built it on. So then what are we left with? Do we keep ignoring the foundation? Because, oh, to fix the foundation means we have to break down the house, to tear it all down and rebuild the foundation. And that's just too much work. It's too expensive. It takes too much time. Where are we going to go until it is done? Or do we just keep patching up the holes and keep throwing on new paint over and over again, thinking that I'll be fine. We'll just, just pretend that the, the, the walls are crooked and the floor boards don't keep coming up. It's almost like no matter how much makeup you put on a corpse, it's still dead. And so I think that's what we're left with, right? We, we have this decision to make. To tear down the house that took us so long to build. So much time, so much energy. Parts of it we really fell in love with. And we're so scared and sad and we're fighting the idea of having to tear down the house. Because it took so much work and we don't know if we could do it again. But I think... The beauty, though, at the end of it, if we tear down the house and we tackle that foundation and we tear that up too and we rebuild the foundation, we get to rebuild a house, a new house, something that we haven't seen or experienced before. And we forget that 
we can still bring in some of the pieces we liked. Some of the colors, the textures, right? The framing, the panels, the border, the carpet, the rugs, the paintings. We get to bring some of those pieces back, the good pieces. But we also got to add new things, things we've never seen or done before. Build a bigger home. And this time, once it's built, we're not looking at uneven surfaces or cracks in the molding or the busting pipes because the foundation keeps shifting. We don't have to worry about mold. <laughs> we get to thrive in this house because we're now not concerned with having to keep patching up things. We almost get to be completely lost in the moment and get to experience its full splendor because there's no concern of having to fix anymore. And so maybe this is what it is, right? Like maybe this is what our adult life is. Is having to look at this house that we built, that we put a lot of damn freaking time and effort to build. There's some damn amazing things about it. But there's also a lot of things we keep patching up. And we keep patching up over and over again. And they don't... They don't seem to get better. We just keep getting better at covering them up, you know? So we have to ask ourselves, are we ready? Are we ready to tear it down? And then also to tear down that foundation and rebuild it. A stronger, a healthier foundation. And so I guess that's the question where we have to ask ourselves. Sure, we repainted the house. We did some rebuilds, some remodeling. But about our foundation? What about those zero to seven years of life? Where in there do we need to rebuild that foundation? And I think for me, it's... It's learning to trust. It's a big part of my foundation. Trusting others is a piece of that. But I think it's also trusting myself. Trusting that I can and do make good decisions. Decisions that are safe. Decisions that are healthy. And yes, I know that. I mean, clearly I life this long and people in life who know me would obviously probably not spend time with me. I wasn't a healthy person. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like making more clearer choices to bring, you know, um, or trusting that I make choices that keep me healthy and safe and strong. And as a person, as a human, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. But I think that's hard. Because when you take those leaps 
of faith and trust in someone. And they betray that trust. Instead of looking at them and saying, oh, it was you. You broke the trust. It was more, oh, I messed up because I trusted you and I should have known better. Weirdly enough, I don't know how one would have known better. (laughs) How much I would have known better. But instead of holding them accountable, it's far easier to blame myself. Because at the end of the day, that's who I'm stuck with, right? They get to leave and live their life after they've caused pain, right? But I'm the one who's left behind with it. So it seems easier just to blame me. Let me be the victim, not the victim per se, but actually be the, let me be the criminal, the villain. And I think that's part of it too, right? How much of our lives have we been treating ourselves as the villain when we weren't, when we aren't the villain? And we keep attacking and hurting ourselves because we keep treating ourselves like the villain when we're not. We're actually the hero. We are the hero of our own stories. Because we have to decide to fight for us. So I would say trust is a part of my foundation to rebuild. I would say that something I'm deleting from my foundation (laughs) is fear. And sure, we're all at some fears to some degree. Some fears are natural, you know, like probably shouldn't walk into a, you know, a burning, you know, just a a bonfire because I'll probably catch fire. So probably, it's probably a good fear to have, you know, awareness to have, like don't walk into fire. Probably not the best choice. Well, unless you're Phoenix and then you rise from the ashes, that's a whole different story. (laughs) Um, But fear, fear that I can't have good things, that good things won't last. Let's say I want to, you know, definitely demolish that other foundation. And this may be a given, but I want to add to the foundation is is love. In, In my love for myself. That kind of love where I could stand in the mirror naked and take inventory from the top of my head to the tips of my toes look at every inch of me, every scar, every tan line, every imperfect shape, every blemish, you know, the way my collarbones sit or, you know, the way my kneecaps rest when I stand or how light my feet are compared to the rest of my body because I wear shoes all the time outside. But I can take in all these things, stretch marks, you know, and just look at it and say, wow, there you are. Oh, 
gosh, you're stunning. And I love you. A kind of love that, where there is no judgment, just awareness. And a love that brings celebration for who I am and how far I've come. I think I'd also want to have hope be a part of that foundation as well. Hope that I can have the life that I dream of, the life that I push so hard for others to have. The hope that, that I will find love and share that with another person where that person will see me for who I am, the good, the bad, the ugly, the weird, to look at me and say, I see you. And when I'm with you, or even just watching you, even sitting in silence with you, it's like magic. I'm not asking for a perfect kind of love with someone else, but definitely a magical one. And if any of us ever read books or seen any movies or TV shows, we all know magic's imperfect. But yes, the hope that I can share love with another person and of course, that love first starts with me, right? Loving me first. So that I can fully accept and embrace the love of someone else. So that's where hope would be. And I think another part of the foundation that I would remove is pain. I'm not talking about new pain, right? Like pain, it's like I stubbed my toe, you know, a pain, it happens. I don't think it's necessarily the only way to experience life, you know? I think it's part of it. I think it happens. Um, you know, pain, suffering, these things occur, but I don't think they're necessary, always necessary or requirement to being human. But I think what I want to remove from that from that foundation of the old, that first foundation I built, is that pain, is that suffering that I went through, that I've held with me and allowed to be the building blocks of the house that I have built. Because holding on to that has just reinforced this idea that that's what I deserve. That I don't deserve happiness and wholeness in goodness, I deserve pain, deserve to suffer, deserve to be alone. So yeah, I'm going to remove that. <laughs> it's funny. I didn't anticipate this being what I discovered today. 
And maybe this isn't fully what it is. Right. But I think it's a big part of it. So I don't know. What about you? What about your house? The house that you've built? What does your foundation look like? And is the foundation that you've built on top of the cause of the constant over-repair you keep doing to the house? And if it is, I would ask you, are you ready? Are you ready to tear down the house? To tear down the foundation and rebuild? And if so, what are you removing from that foundation that no longer serves you? That has been limiting you from being able to build as high and as wide of a home not only that you want, but that you deserve, one where you can thrive. And I wish I knew the perfect way to do it or how to make it happen, but I think simply it's to take an inventory, to go into that home and inspect it, to look at all the pieces that make that home what it is and ask, is this safe? Is this a sound structure? And would it be somewhere that I would recommend or offer the person I love the most to live in? And would it be a place where they could thrive? And if we come to the conclusion that no, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want that to be a dwelling place for those that we love, for that person we love and adore, then why is it that we choose to allow ourselves to live there and yet act surprised when we don't understand why we're not thriving? So, may we together go through that house and find that if it's not a place for us to thrive and no longer serving purpose, let's tear it down piece by piece, wall by wall, but keep the parts, keep the paintings, keep the things that you've built that make it beautiful. And once the house is torn down, let's take a look at that foundation. What are we adding and what are we removing? And then from there we rebuild. Rebuild bigger, better. Maybe even it's maybe it's less. Maybe we're not even building bigger. But we're building healthy. We're building safe providing a space for our soul to thrive in. <laughs> Wherever you are and whomever you are, I want you to know that I love you. And yes, I may not know you. And I may never meet you. But I love you. And I mean that. If you haven't heard that today, or if you've never heard it, 
know that as I say it, I mean it from the depths of my heart, from one human being to another, from one soul to another. I love you. And may you remember that you are seen, that you are heard, and that you are loved, and that you are worth fighting for. <laughs> Thank you um, for joining me on this episode. It was probably the one of the most emotionally packed one that I've delivered um, in the sense that I was in tears while I was saying most of what I said. And I didn't plan on even saying this. I intended to record it just to get it out of my head and just say it for myself. Um, but as I continued to dialogue, it kind of grew and it shaped and the end I realized I said yeah I think this is something I should share so I hope it helped you see that you're not alone and you're not the only one that may go through or feel the things that you do and that it's okay not to know some you know all we really have is this moment this present time and we just simply need to be <laughs> Thanks for joining me today. I'll see you on the next one.